Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. My name is Drew Burns, and I'm a part of a small group of dentists who believe something crazy. We believe that the standard of care is just not good enough. We demand the best of ourselves and the best for our patients. We believe that the best way, no, the only way to practice dentistry is on our own terms. If you ask the dental consultants or the corporate CEOs, they tell you that what we're doing isn't smart, that fee-for-service dentistry is dead, and that the golden age of dentistry is over. Yet, while others focus on profits first, we focus on the patient first. And yet our offices are some of the most profitable in the entire country because we invest in ourselves and we are doing things right. It's our name on the door and it's our reputation on the line. My name is Drew Burns and I am a fee-for-service dentist. This is the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast and these are our stories. Welcome back to the Fee-for-Service Dentist Podcast. I am your host, co-host, Dr. Drew Burns. It's been a minute since you've heard my voice. Uh, I want to reintroduce to you one of my good friends, Dr. Paul Etchison. Paul, welcome to hey. the show. Yeah, I'm glad to be back, man. I'm glad that you, you came out of retirement a little bit and, <laughs> and and you got all dressed up for this interview. We're, we're doing a video one. He's, Drew says, I, I didn't know this was going to be video. Oh, I'm like, oh, you look great, man. Hey, man look at you. Thanks. Look at you. The beard's grown and nice. The, you look straight you out know, of a magazine. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I do not go. We're recording this on a Friday. I do not go into the office. So I'm just like in a hoodie. And yeah. my hair is like I roll out of bed. I've been working since I woke up uh, in our guest yeah. room here, just like hustling through stuff. Well, dude, I, I'll confess something. I literally woke up probably like two hours ago. And that was, uh, that would have been 11 o'clock central. See, that that sounds nice. And you can pull off the, I just woke up and I look this good. But mine, clearly my hair is, I need a haircut. It's just all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me, too. me too. I feel you, man. It's all good. But yeah, thanks for having me back. And thanks for uh, thanks for doing the interview, man. I, I appreciate that you wanted to do it personally. Yeah, th- this intro is super weird for people listening because they can't see us. We can see each other, but they're just listening. So they're like, shut up, yeah. guys. Get get to what, what are you talking yeah. about? Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't know, it's so funny because I started this podcast in like 2017, I think it was, um, and went solid for a good while. And then sometime after COVID, I took a mini hiatus and then I had some people, some listeners reaching out to me asking um, when the next episode was going to, to come out and because I, I hadn't recorded in like a month or two. And I was just, I got too busy. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started, I didn't have any kids. Uh, now I have three, <laughs> so life's a little busy. Um, and luckily, Dr. Sonny Spera um, stepped up and offered to be our quote-unquote temporary host. And he's probably going on a solid two or three years now of hosting. That's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good temp. The, the funny thing to me is, so we probably have some listeners who have never heard me record an episode before. Oh, wow. And, and so they're probably, I'm just guessing we've gotten new listeners in the past two or three years. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've been on a couple of times in that time frame, but it's pretty much been sunny and he's been doing a great job and he hasn't quit on me either yet. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to keep that going. Yeah. Um, so I did come out of retirement when you, you mentioned being interested in recording an episode together. Um, the only other time that I think 
recently. I think the last time I was I was doing a podcast was literally with you, mm-hmm. and it was for your podcast. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. In that one, I was giving you an update on my practice. Um, yeah. But in this one, listeners, what we're looking to do, record and talk about today is a very exciting update on Paul's practice. Mm-hmm. And when when you told me this, I was I probably jumped for joy. I was like, "This we got to get this on air," and I want to be the one to record it. So, do you want to dive right into the good news and why you are uh, back on the show, specifically the fee for service dentist podcast? The future of fee for service dentistry is based in membership patients. If you need help starting your membership plan, or if your plan is too big for your team to manage, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com to set up your free membership growth solution demo with our team. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I had a book come out. That's one thing that was kind of good. I had my second book, and my, mm-hmm. my second book is kind of focused on getting yourself out of the chair a little bit, running more business side, and um, getting yourself down to three days a week. That's the whole synopsis of the book. There's a lot more to it, but we can go into that if you like. But um, I think we were talking about that. We dropped Delta, which I... I, I and literally... They they took forever to give us a date, like forever, and um, we just got it earlier this week, and so we're we're out June twenty first. We got to go. I guess it's ninety days, and even though we tried to sneak in that letter, we put like thirty days, like thinking like, wait, we're gonna be out this day. <laughs> we just they're like, no, 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 it's ninety days. And uh, my office manager emailed me, hey, we got the date, and I said, that's awesome. I can't believe we're doing this because it was just something that um. I mean, when I met you in Phoenix uh, mm-hmm. or Scottsdale, whatever, uh, I remember you, you just talking to you about it. I'm just like, gosh, I just don't see how I could ever do that. I don't see myself ever getting out of the PPO game. It just doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't feel me. And um, we still, after dropping Delta, do have some PPOs to get rid of. But um, we're doing the big one. It's 33% of the practice. Uh we're just we're jumping in with that one and my practice is at a point where we can really we'd be okay if we lost 33 percent of the practice and made some room for new new patients because we're we're at capacity big time so that's awesome but yeah it's a it's just good listeners if you didn't know like we got 11 op practice uh close to six million in revenue uh lots of moving parts lots of employees and 33 percent of a practice that size is is a lot of dollars but um, I'm just trusting my heart on this, that this is the right way to go. And, and what kind of, I'll say what kind of spawned it was just this labor market recently is just that mm-hmm. we got to the point where I had to, I lost some people and I've had a very low turnover practice. I've practiced been open about 11 years, mm-hmm. very low turnover. I mean, we went on nine years without a single right. person leaving, which I, was crazy. I remember you talking about that. I, I was and am still so jealous. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, then then it came hard, man. It, yeah. This past year and a half, I got crushed. And, and it wasn't all like, uh, I mean, it was, it was some people having babies and deciding they want to stay home. Some people moved away. Um, but then we had some people that left for like two, three dollar an hour raises. Uh, um, probably one of the ones that hurt the worst was like a longtime hygienist. And then she took a front desk person with her, even oh, though man. she said she had nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know about I don't know about that, right. but, but that one probably hurt the worst. But it just got to the point where, like, man, I I kept giving raises, 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 and I'm just like, how much do more do I need to pay everybody to get to where they won't leave for another three dollars? Like, I can't believe everyone's paying this. This is like insane. I mean, we had assistants going from you know sixteen, seventeen dollars an hour up to twenty five dollars an hour mm-hmm. in a year. And um, wow. so eventually, you know, we ran a really tight payroll for a long time. And I liked where my payroll was relative to collections. 
But we're getting to this point where I don't like the percentage of payroll I have right now. And I can't retain good people with mm-hmm. the fees I'm getting, even though we're churning and burning, we're high volume. Um, not, to, not to give the impression that we're taking crappy care patients or that we're like a mill. That's not by any right, means. Right, Everything no. is ethical, good dentistry. and High quality, and, high volume. Yeah. And, and if, the list, if you check out like the, our practice reviews, we're doing really well. But um, I'm kind of reaching this, this Zen point where I'm like, you know what? This is who we are and what we provide is better than everybody else. And we're going to demand a fee that's relative to what we provide. And, Dang right. you know, it's hard to hire people right now. And it's especially hard to hire people when they come in and they have no experience and they want to get paid as much as your people that have been there seven years. So uh, what, what do you do? You, how, do you, how do you get more applicants? You got to put more out there on the, on the ad, but I can't afford it. So it's, it's time to make a pivot. Um, yes. So, so yeah, we, we're dropping Delta, and um, this just happened, so I don't think our patients have gotten their, their nasty letters saying that we're horrible people or I'm probably going to burn in hell for dropping them. Um, so that hasn't gone out yet, and we're just starting the whole process of talking to all our patients about it just literally this week. Yeah, that is super exciting. Um, there is so much that I want to dive into there. But for the moment, I know this is kind of off topic, but since we we touched on it, let's talk about <laughs> the uh, job market right now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's so tough to find good people. We, we're actually on the verge of uh, bringing in um, another dentist. Um, but, and, and she was ready to go. She, the dentist who we've been kind of, I've been kind of planning on this. It's a unique set of circumstances where, where I knew she'd be moving back into town and be ready to practice like now, like this month, like a year mm-hmm. ago, I knew she'd be ready coming back into town, ready to practice this month. And so I've been kind of like trying to orchestrate my practice to be ready to bring on that dentist, that provider when the time was right um, for the last year, kind of like shooting with that as a, as a target. And all the cards were falling into place. Everything was falling into place. The last component was a hygienist. We just need mm-hmm. one more hygienist to be able to fill the new patient capacity, right? Right. To be able to schedule these new patients for this new dentist. Um, and we hired her finally. She checked all the boxes. Nice. And then right before this uh, dentist signed the contract, she put in her notice. <laughs> I was like, come uh, on, give me a break. Um, but yeah, everybody's wanting more than, so that's on standstill. That, that's a big tangent. Um, but we're still hoping to make it work out um, with the dentist, but I've got it. I'm back to the drawing board. My best it's, candidate now is someone who's moving from Oklahoma and fresh out of hygiene school and might be ready to start in the middle of July. <laughs> the Doc Sites provides affordable and effective websites for dentists with no long-term contracts, transparent pricing, and great customer service, starting at only $59 a month. They also provide optional online marketing packages to help increase your online visibility. For special offers, including up to 25% off your website setup, text FEE4SERVICE to 818-489-9823. 818-489-9823. This is a limited time offer, so text now and lock in your savings and visit DocSites for more information. 
God, so, yeah, it's, it's going to get like that. We're going to be like this, like straight up corporate world where we're gonna be like, right. hey, we got this great, we got this great opportunity down in Winter Springs, Florida, and mm-hmm. we're going to fly in. We're going to we're going to pay for your relocation expenses yeah, and and stock options and it's, <laughs> signing dude, bonuses. I don't and... know, like all the hygienists, they all went to like. I swear, it's like going to be a reality show. They're all at Hygiene Island, like <laughs> them dentists. We told right? them for years. We now they're going to pay. Dude, and uh, <laughs> I would watch that show though. I don't like that reality would, shows, yeah, but I would watch that. I'm like, that, that hygienist, I can't believe what she wants. <laughs> Dude, you and I need a new project. That's going to be it. We're going to we put together a hygiene island. I don't know how we're going to submit it, but there's going to be, uh, well, let's, not, let's not say too much. We love hygienists. Yes, we, we do. do. Yeah, 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 we best, do. Especially yeah. the ones that we employ. But you know, what, <laughs> you know what stinks is that uh, it's, it's such a different market now in when you can't hire to replace people, you start to, and I'm sure you've noticed this as well, you tolerate so much BS from your yes. team that that it just brings down everybody. Like where It just like lowers the bar, and then certain employees are saying, well, why should I do this? They don't do this, and you don't get, right. you don't get to them about it. And it's just like, well, yeah, well, I understand. And I've had this conversation with my team because mm-hmm. I'm sure you have the same thing, is that the team will eventually vote people off your island and yeah. I would just hear somebody's name over and over again. And I'm like, and I always say the same thing. I say, hey, do you want this person working here or an empty seat? Because that's the only two choices we have right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it's been different for everybody. Sometimes it's been the empty seat has been better. I'd say actually more times than not, the empty seat has been better. But um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like, what are you going to do? Because I think we, we both have larger practices where we can absorb one empty seat every now and then. Yeah. But I think somebody with a small practice, I mean, what are you going to do? I'm not going to sit there. I'm not going to turn and burn rooms myself and mm-hmm. do sterile and stuff. I mean, not that I'm above it, but I, I don't want to get that low in staff. You know, that would, right. that would suck. But it's hard. You got to tolerate so much more. And it's hard to be a good leader and set standards when mm-hmm. you, you're forced to tolerate things because of the labor market. Yeah. So it's tough out there for everybody. Uh, if you're listening and you're having a hard time, know that you're not alone. Um, yeah. No, you are not alone. It's one of those weird things that people keep talking about the, the possibility of a recession and people... Like the one silver lining in our case is that maybe that means there's more people available, mm-hmm. but who knows? Like, I don't want to be hoping for a recession. <laughs> and yeah. I think, I think what happens then is if, if that's true, if that, if that pans out, that then people are losing jobs or being like, oh, one more. if that results in more hygienists looking for work, it's because that means that other dentists are so fearful of the recession that, or it, it must mean that patients aren't coming in. And there's just slower is what would happen. Mm-hmm, and at mm-hmm. which point it's like, well, did we really, do we now need that extra hygienist? Yeah. I don't know. When COVID hit, I, I was too single-minded in that we're going to come on the, out on the other side of this ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a gamble and hired a bunch of people during that time that were looking, were out of, out of work. Um, and that pl- panned out because we were able to reopen within a few weeks uh, yeah. Wait, no, what was two months, <laughs> two or three months, <laughs> whatever it flew was. By. It flew by. It was fun. It was, uh, oh, yeah, right. It's over. <laughs> it was not fun. <laughs> um, there were a couple of fun moments, but man, every day was, yeah, anyhow. So uh, we all lived through, through it. Mm-hmm. Point being like this, we don't, if, if a recession were to hit, we don't know how long it would last. Um, mm-hmm. And I was of the belief that there's no way that they're going to keep us close. You know, it's two weeks at first and, you know, we're going to come out of this impatience. I was banking on the hope that patients would come back. Um, mm-hmm. But it seemed more of like less risky that, okay, even if we could always pivot if I overhired. Um, but I was having a hard time finding people even before COVID. So I, mm-hmm. I wanted to 
be able to hit that surge of people trying to come back, the two months of worth of patients that weren't able to be seen uh, and prepare for the best. Anyhow, I've never had to practice through a recession. You know, the last big one. I graduated in 2013. So mm-hmm. heck mm-hmm. if I know. <laughs> I graduated in twenty in 2009, and I guess it was kind of still on the butt right. end of that, but... I mean, if my whole experience was that, I mean, we were at a very, we were like a Medicaid. I don't think it affected us. You know, we were, we were sure. still busy yeah. where we were at. But I mean, if I said anything, it was just a less elective work. But I think that could have partially been because I was a new grad and didn't know how to talk about elective work at all. So mm-hmm. so my experience with, I can't say that I've been through it completely, but being on the butt end of it, um, it, it didn't feel any different to me. But yeah. um, you know what? It, I think it's just like anything, man. You, you take it as you come, you pivot, you figure it out. And and life goes on. I mean, I spent so much time at my practice being worried about, man, this house of cards is going to fall at some point. Something's going to happen. There's going to be this big, right. like, de- defining uh, banking failure as there was in 2007 or, you know, like the, the subprime mortgage crisis. And, and that was the thing that just blew everything up. I, I just, I'm at a point now where I just don't think there's anything that can take us down. I, I, I have confidence after mm-hmm. these past two years have been, I mean, these have been the past, these have been the best two years of my practice life. Mm-hmm. Um and my hardest, you know, but but yeah. I think my attitude towards it has just been completely different. That's really um, good to hear. Com- coming out of COVID, and and, and partially, I, I will add that I did sell a, a big chunk of equity to a DSO. So right. taking some risk off the table, I think, has played a large part of that as well. It's, Which it's, I'll never yeah. forgive you for. But yeah. no, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. um, I I think I've, I've you know we we um, always need to keep our options open. And to know yeah. what's out there, and I've talked to you about. Um, can we, can we mention the DSO? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, it's a, yeah. You can go ahead. Yeah, I mean, MB two. I want to mention it in for the sake of if anyone is considering um, getting their practice evaluated, talk to Paul. He'll hook you up with the right people. Yeah, yeah. In, in the same to... breath, I want to say I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm younger than you do a little bit. I don't uh, think you, what, how, how young? How old are you? I'm 36, right? So I think okay, we talked you about are this. you are a lot younger I'm than like me. A, I'm 42. Yeah. Okay, so oh I mean, shit, I'm, no, I'm 41. <laughs> I'm almost 42. <laughs> I do that all the time. It's like, wait, am I 36? Yeah, yeah. But no, I'm so not not by that much. Um, it, we're still generally in the same phase of career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Um, but I, I don't know. I just, I've, I've thought about it back and forth a lot. I was just talking to my wife about this last night, like, and she was being very kind to listen to me, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is what happens when I talk business. Um, so she, I don't know, she was listening to me and I was, I was just kind of saying like, I, even when I'm ready to retire, I don't know that I'm ever going to feel comfortable selling to DSO, but I don't know that I'll have any other options at that point. No, um, so you probably won't. It might, so I'm hoping to to kind of bring on partners as we go along. Yeah. And um, what I'm worried about, and I care too much about this, is just the reputation of the practice. Mm-hmm. And I guess I still have that dream that a lot of dentists may have that one day one of my kids might grow up and want to become a dentist, and I'd be able to they'd be able to carry on the legacy, carry mm-hmm. on the torch. But it's just like I don't know. I've got some fundamental mental block for myself of. Uh, I, I, I love it that you enjoy MB2 and you trust them. And like, I trust you in passing that trust along to them. But you know, with the way I understand how these things go is they're going to have new owners, you know, essentially, isn't that how it kind of works in five yeah. or 10 years or whenever they, the re-up occurs or. Yeah. Yeah. They, they recap every, you recap. know, four four years or something. And uh, a new private equity buyer will support the rest of the debt and. 
Yeah, and that's what how it happens. I mean, yeah. since I picked, I, and I don't want to turn this into a plug for MB2, but I picked MB2 because I wanted to pick a DSO that didn't change my practice, essentially. You know, right. I, I wasn't looking for somebody to run my practice. I wasn't looking for someone to to tell me what to do, and that's kind of what MB2's brand is. Is yeah. I mean, for all intents and purposes, my, my team, if, they, if there wasn't a new name on the check, they wouldn't even know. Right. Um, and that's that's how my practice feels. And I'm still running it and stuff. But like, like as I said, before we hit record, um, mm-hmm. I was at the point where I said, OK, like this is a large sum of money. I can probably I don't need to work after this. This is mm-hmm. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And OK, I got a three year contract. Great. I'm going to work my three years. I didn't tell my team this, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to stay forever. But I'm like, dude, I'm working my three years. I'm getting the hell out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go do something else. I don't know. I'm going to go. Go and be some construction worker. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something fun. <laughs> I don't know what it's gonna be. I might go work at fast food place like in American Beauty. American Beauty that one kind hey, of you place. Can you can come work in Florida. You can come yeah, work right. Yeah, <laughs> but, but so like, uh, but then what's weird is like, man, I really cut my schedule down. I'm, I'm only doing like six half days a month now, and it's a lot of yeah. it's ortho, and it's the rest of it's veneers and implants, and um, I'm coming up on the end of my three year contract and I'm just like, I'm not going anywhere. This is great. You know, yeah, I, I awesome. backed off. I've let the leads run everything now because it's, uh, and they're doing a great job and I'm doing very little and I love my involvement and I do, 40, 41. Um, mm-hmm. what else am I going to do? Right. I don't have anything else to do. Like, I, don't, I mean, I have the podcast that takes a lot of time, but man, gosh, I don't, I don't have much else to do. And, and I had a, I had to get a hernia surgery. So I took two weeks off and then we went to uh, Miami for a week. So I was off that third week and then I got COVID when I came back. So then I was off that fourth week and being off from the dental practice for a whole entire month didn't feel right to me. It mm. was so like, that was a nice little experience for me to say, okay, you know what? I kind of, I like it. I like being there. It wasn't like this. Oh, I have to go. I still have to do this. I still have to manage this. It was like, right. no, dude, you like it. So show up like you like it. Mm-hmm. And that's been the, I think that's been the big pivot of just mentally, emotionally for me that has made this past two years so, so good for me, even though I'd like, like we mentioned, labor market stuff has been pretty crazy. Yeah, it has been. And I know <clears throat> we're jumping around a little bit here. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we talking listeners, about? Stick with us. We're going to get to the fee for service component and how exciting it is that that's making that transition. But I, hey, I you want to go ride bikes? I do. Right now, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. All right, go. See ya. Yeah. Um. Uh, we'll do that later. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. I'll meet you. So I think what I was wanting to discuss with you on, on the terms of hiring, because you mentioned the the effect that it's had in your payroll percentage, mm-hmm. and I don't know if our listeners check in on that. Honestly, last year. I intentionally didn't look at it because <laughs> I knew it was going up mm-hmm. and I didn't want to see it, but I knew we we had to do what we had to do because like you were kind of alluding to earlier, we, we had to bring in some people, some new people at rates higher than our existing people. And that caused some turmoil inside of me. Yeah. Uh, hopefully my team doesn't listen to this, but I've got nothing to hide about it. What I did was, because I just, whether they were going to find out or not, I didn't feel right about it. So I... I bumped everyone up to at least that that's our new minimum now. Like I wasn't going to be okay sleeping at night with having someone lower, someone who's been there for years working lower and lower rate than someone coming in. Um, and based on experience, of course, I I wouldn't hesitate to hire someone at a higher rate if they have more experience or bring more value. Um, but I, um, have gone back to the drawing board many times. I've, 
taught myself how to use um, Excel, <laughs> which wow. I, I resisted that this far in my life, but I was like, I got to dig into the stuff and figure it out. Um, mm-hmm. And I've, I've been playing with like different <clears throat> projections of, okay, if, if what, cause we're still growing as a practice, you know, we haven't filled up all of our ops yet. Um, so I'm, I'm constantly doing math on, okay, if we have this many dentists and that may maybe means we have this many hygienists each day. And so expand that, but if each hygienist is earning this much per hour on average, how many hours are we open in a year and kind of running these different formulas so I can now tweak it to say, what if the average pay was this? And what if our total collections was this, what will our profitability be? And is it still within the range that I would like for it to be? Mm-hmm. What do they say? Industry standard is like, I've seen 20 to 30%. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll, you'll hear outside of those ranges also, but I think that that's pretty regular. Uh, we've always been towards the lower end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's hard to see it creep up and it's hard when it, we, you know, I think you're making the right call, uh, because you'll now have the freedom to set your fees as you'd like for them to be. Mm-hmm. But I made the mistake of this year I did a fee increase. It was 5%. Um, the previous two years in a row, we did 10%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's like 25%. <laughs> More yeah. than that, if you, if you do it year over year. But um, I only did five this year because I knew we were with inflation, we're going to have to go up higher. But I felt kind of bad doing another 10. Um, and within a month of doing the 5%, I realized it was not enough. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I keep coming back to, okay, well, if our hygiene fees are this in our hygienist production per hour is this, which is not something we're pushing. You know, we, we don't pay hygienists. You need to produce more. Mm-hmm. Um, what, um, on average, are they going to be like the hourly rate that people are asking for these days is above what they would reasonably be able to um, earn mm-hmm. um, if we use one of those formulas of, you know, people will say the 3.3 times their production, their hourly rate should be. 3.3 times, or what? what is it? Something yeah, like that. 3.3x their annual, or their, yeah. their hourly. We know hourly, what we're talking about, they I should swear. earn. They should earn th- <laughs> per hour. They should collect 3.3 times their hourly yeah. wage. Yeah. And I've, I've heard three times. I, I like, uh, like Marcosis is at 3.3 if you want to throw in like. um. I feel like 3.3 doesn't work anymore. It doesn't. No. No, no I tried I doing. I that's like old school math. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> one one times. <laughs> mm-hmm. It should be one times there. Yeah. Um, or or no, the opposite of that. Six times. I don't know. They. Yeah. It doesn't work anymore. It's it's outdated. Um, but for a good while, I we were good on all those formulas and ratios, and now it's. Uh, so it backed me into a corner, and I was getting ready to consider our our hygienists have been just doing been paid hourly. We don't do a production bonus. We don't do, um, you know anything like that. Um, and I've, I've appreciated having it that simplicity because in our office, I feel like our hygienists really feel the freedom to treat and plan and, and recommend treatment without mm-hmm. any strings attached as if I'm pushing for things. Right. Um, but I, I, I'm teetering on the idea of changing that model. Um, I imagine you guys probably have some type of uh, production-based compensation plan. Well, no, I mean, we actually, we, we, we produce right around three X for our okay. hygienists and, and, but it's, it's hard, man. And, and we've had to bring on lasers, um, and add that yeah. add adjunct. And we have, do, we have to sit there and look at adult fluorides and do percentages and say, Hey, like, 
Mm-hmm. You know, this girl's doing this, you're doing this low, what's up with that? So it's like, um, <clears throat> I, I don't I don't think the employees will ever understand that because they see millions of dollars go through that desk. And they think us as the owners are taking home at least 85% of it. And they don't realize that there's there's expenses, there's all this stuff. I mean, right. you mentioned, like I, I mentioned, so I had to come in, when I had the hygienist leave and then take a front desk employee, um, that was the day that was us, dude, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving everybody raises and, um, I didn't yeah. have to get approval from MB2. I had the autonomy to do that. Nice. And I gave out, I think I gave out like 120 K worth of raises in one day. Wow. And, <clears throat> and it was, and it was like, <clears throat> excuse me. And, uh, but then what's weird is that from year over year, from last year to the year that I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about, is uh, I want to say we collected an additional maybe four hundred and forty thousand dollars. Yeah, and I want to say our EBITDA increased thirty thousand. So, right. all right. Well, I mean that was you know you would anticipate our EBITDA going. That, I mean that's one yeah. percent or something. Like, or I don't know what or ten percent or something. So like it was like um, so much more collections. But yet, all of that went to expenses, and and the majority. Oh, I, of it, I see what yeah. you're saying now. I, I was just happy to see they both went up. Somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm glad they went, I'm, I'm, I guess you know what? That's but, so, I'm glad they both went up too, Drew. I'm, yes. I, thanks for putting that in perspective for me. At yeah. least they both went up. <laughs> Sorry, but but it's like yeah. It, it, I would have anticipated um, I a mean, higher it, increase in EBITDA right, for right. how much you increase collections. I'm yeah. Sorry, I'm so now. so like one thing that's been cool about with MB2 is that I've you know three years in we've increased collections a whole bunch, but because of the changing landscape of dentistry and and we don't have the liberty as a PPO office to raise our fees. I mean, we do on our cash patients, but that's only like 15% of the practice. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't, our, our only way to, to compensate that or to, to kind of tip the scales is to sell more stuff, to work faster, sell more stuff. And, um, right. I don't like it. So you are getting off the mill, <clears throat> getting off the mill, man. So that, that kind of brings us full circle. And I think why I appreciated starting on the pains that we're experiencing with, with hygiene, um, which is across the board. I don't think that, that that's just to us. I think most of our listeners have, are having some degree of, hey, and if they're not, be prepared. You, you might. Um, I, I think everybody is. And so I guess the point to try and connect these two dots is we got to do what we got to do. If we, we I'm, I'm coming more and more to the realization that I just, I, I need to pay, pay my team more, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I can't be, okay. I have a very high opinion of our office. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm very biased. Um, I don't think of myself as the best dentist in town or anywhere, right? I, I do the very best that I can, but I, I think our office as a whole is knocking out of the park with the experience that we deliver and we all do high quality ethical work. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying not to sound like prideful, like, oh, I'm the best or anything, but like, I think that our office has the best to offer um, in the area for a patient experience. And it really hurts me that our compensation doesn't reflect that. Mm-hmm. When I'm interviewing people, they're like, well, I could get this uh, down the street. And I'm like, oh, well, it's probably corporate and they're probably going to make you do SRPs and everybody. Yeah. And so recently they're like, no, it's a private practice with a good reputation. I'm like, what? Desperate <laughs> private practice. Desperate yeah. Because we're all desperate. Yes. And so <clears throat> to connect these dots, um, we, <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's an blank check for people that we hire but if we're now having to pay more 
and we're going outside what the industry norms would say for how productive a hygienist would be. Yeah, you, you're forced to do something. Either you're going to take an income hit personally, or you're going to have to get more salesy, to mm-hmm. use a, a bad word, um, you know, upselling more things, um, or you have to raise your fees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I appreciate in my position, knowing that I at least have that in my back pocket, that I could do a higher fee increase. I, I didn't want to have to raise hygiene fees again. Mm-hmm. Um, but next year it's definitely coming, especially my, my goals are just kind of trying to fill the office before with, you know, get to capacity, so to speak, before maybe doing three years of large fee increases. Mm-hmm. Um, but something's got to give. And when you are stuck in network and your, your fees are limited, uh, Delta is not really doing increases across the board for, for what they're compensating most dentists. Yeah, oh, I, I use them as an example. But they didn't call me. They didn't call me to be like, hey, come on, what you doing? What can we do? How can we work this out? <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I, I thought they were going to be like, hey, what do you think about this? Like, I thought maybe they might throw the fee increase. But they're like, no, don't give a shit. Move on, boy. Yeah, well, <laughs> you made the right choice, <laughs> it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so let's get into it then. So you, I think that's, that's a very good approach to hitting a lot of issues that many of us are experiencing and pain points in your, rather than trying to just run faster on this hamster wheel, mm-hmm. <laughs> you said, I'm getting off. Um, and I'm just gonna get a bigger wheel that I can walk slower on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm breaking the analogy, but, um, you're dropping Delta now. Um, do you think that you'll eventually get through all of the PPOs? Do yeah. Our, a- our goal is to be by the end of the summer, completely out. So, so that's our goal. But, but instead of like pulling the bandaid off at once, I'm like, okay, let's use Delta as the experiment. I know most people and and consultants, I'm, they always recommend doing Delta last because that's the one where you have to, they can't get assignment of benefit. And, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure. I mean, our working model right now, and what we could always change is that we're never going to take the assignment of benefit. We're going to treat everybody like the patient's going to get the check. But it, that will be we'll, – we'll, we'll figure that out when we get there. With Delta, we don't have right. a choice. It's the, the check's going to the patient. Um, but, yeah, our, our plan is to be completely out. Now, we are at a, a, a good point where we are at capacity for our 11 chairs. We're open 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, we're open on Saturdays. You know, it's there's really not much more I can do. I maybe could take on one more GP, but I mean, we have we have some days. Usually, there's always two GPs there running at the same time, and there's some days where there's only one where I might be able to find a part time GP to come in. But if on that day that there's one one general dentist, um, there's six hygienists running, and then mm-hmm. people are like, "Well, how do you check six hygiene chairs?" We don't. We check three, and the other three are no exam. So we're full on hygiene and what's really, you know, we block out for new patients. So we mm-hmm. say, we say space for new patients. So when we look six months ahead, we say, Hey, we'll see you back in six months. My hygienists are looking at the schedule and be like, I'm putting people at eight. Like there's nowhere to put. Can we get rid of some of these new patient blocks? And no, we cannot get rid of the new patient mm-hmm. blocks. We need the new patient blocks to keep the operative schedules full. So that is, I'm in a really good situation where I can afford the loss. And, yes. and we're going to try to keep them. I mean, we want to keep the patients. But if they all wiped, went somewhere else, it's, it's, I guess it's kind of, it's, we're still going to be okay. But I, I hope they don't because I, I right. really, and, and we're changing some stuff too around the practice. I mean, we, we had always had a coffee bar. We got rid of it during covid we brought it back. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we brought some other things like 
um, some different chairs in the waiting room. We've, um, we've, it just like some things we've just experience wise, like adding a comfort menu, uh, getting headphones because we had headphones, but they're all wired and they all broke. So we were just like, okay, who cares? Let's not replace these. <laughs> and, um, Making some updates to the practice, some just little things, you know, new blankets, uh, scents and stuff like that. Stuff we were doing before, but we kind of just, it, it's just one of those things, like, you really try to make this great experience and you do these things. And then after a while, like, you're, you're handing out, you're handing out goodie bags of, of, of water bottles and branded stuff. And then you run out and you got to order some more. And then mm -hmm. you don't order them. And then nobody mm -hmm. cared. And nothing yeah. changed. And then you're like, why did I even do this at all? So right. we're getting back to doing all that stuff. Like, But, you know, we wrote off over $2 million last year. So yes. my thought, and I'm hoping this is true, and I don't know. I won't know until I get there. I'm still a newbie mm -hmm. at the fee-for-service or just getting out of networks. My hope is that we can recover at least half of that revenue and um, – and that I can afford to pay people better because it's right. This is what I feel with the labor market right now is it's, it's always been like, Hey, gosh, I hope I find somebody with a good attitude and they want a reasonable wage and stuff. I'm finding that you're almost getting what you pay for nowadays. Um, and, and I hate it when it, it, I've seen, at least in my area, this wage compression where there used to be this, like, well, I've been here 10 years. That's why I make this. Now hmm. these people coming in, starting off, are very close in wage to the people that have been there 10 years. Right. And um, a lot of people have a problem with that. And I think the employees have a problem with that. But I think that's the reality of the world we live in now. And it's because the bottom has lifted so much. Um, the floor has risen, but the ceiling mm -hmm. hasn't really gone up very much. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, it's just, it is what it is. But I can't afford good people and... I lost some good people for like two, three dollars. It was not a, mm -hmm. I mean, left on good terms, and and I've I've crawled back and said, hey, why don't you come back? Mm -hmm. And I've groveled and I've asked, and <laughs> they don't want to come back. Oh, so. That sucks. And you know where that they hurts. went? They went to an out of network office. The two that I'm talking about. <laughs> Jerks. So that was the final straw. You said, that's it. They're We're like, going out of network. They're like, it's not as busy over here. We kind of like it. And I'm like, no, you don't. You hate it. You want to come back. Shut up. Get over here. <laughs> come on. Let's go, out, let's go out to dinner. I'll take you out to dinner. Come on. Let's, let's, let's negotiate. And uh, right. no, they didn't want to. So I, I, don't, oh, I don't think it was anything with that. But, but it, you know, it, it's it, my practice is just like everybody else. We have issues. We've got a great culture. We've got a great team. Um, yeah. And, and I, I feel like we're, we're getting the right people in place. Like recently, we just had to let go of an assistant that the team had voted off a long time ago, probably a year ago, but we couldn't replace. And we found a replacement and we let her go. And she was pretty upset and almost didn't even understand where we were coming from. I don't know how, because we literally wrote her up like five times. Mm -hmm. And I think on total write-ups, my 11-year career, there might have been eight, and she was five of them. Yeah, so it's right. like, Emily, well, what do you... Anyway, but... um. We're get we're trying to we're going to get to a point where we can pay people more so we can get rid of. I, I'm just sick of tolerating. I, I'm just mm -hmm. sick of tolerating mediocrity because I can't replace people. And, and if my team is listening, I'm not talking about you. I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking no. about. I'm ta no, not you guys. You guys are great. Yeah, um, no, different I'm team. I'm just yeah. Different. I'm talking about like just. Um, there's just things that we want it done, and we know how to do things, and we have a certain way of doing it. When when it's not getting done, it it, it frustrates me. Right. And, um, and, and also I think we've, we've got some people that have never worked anywhere else mm -hmm. and I don't think they know what's out there. 
And right. sometimes just no matter where you're at, it becomes the normal. And sometimes we need an expectation check to say, hey, this is a really good freaking place to work. And we take mm -hmm. really great care of patients. And that's reflected in how our patients feel about us and our reviews and stuff. So um, I, don't, I don't even know where I was going with this, but but um, I'm just going to put a period <laughs> on it right there and say, <laughs> hey, perfect. team, I love you, team. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. So, um, oh, man, I had some questions, too, but I think they were all tangents. So I'll try and stay on, on track with us. I think we're so, going really tangent today, uh, both of you, both both yeah, of us. I mean, you we and got too me. much to get caught up on. It's good. It's a problem. It's just going around. <laughs> Hopefully the listeners yeah. are keeping up. Yeah. You got to stay on your toes, listeners. Yeah. So um, we're talking about dropping Delta. Yeah, don't, um, drop and it. Then drop it. Other, yeah. And then other. And then moving on, moving on, moving on. And, and allowing so two million you wrote off two million in collections yeah so earlier we're talking about the payroll percentage imagine that you're paying people the same that you are now mm -hmm. but you had another two million on the top that's instantly going to change your the percentage of payroll yeah greatly yeah right and, and open up more room for you let's say that you're paying 30 percent 35 percent whatever it is mm -hmm. like you had that two million and that might now drop down from 35 to 25 or something i'm not doing the math but you yeah. Like that's what's the excite one of the exciting parts for me. Um and now there's less maybe hopefully less pressure to have to run as fast and and um you know I, I emphasize still think, the quality and I and still think we're gonna run fast. I really do think we're still yeah. gonna run well, you, pretty fast. You guys seem to do, do well. It's not like you're yeah. cutting corners by running fast. No, no, and, and we're not running super fast. We're not behind. I mean that's right. that's that's a big no no at my price. We do not run behind. We run on schedule, but um we utilize our behind. utilize our team. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we 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 don't run but we try not to. I, I would I say do. sometimes <laughs> sometimes <laughs> we do. Throw that yeah, some, too, sometimes we do. But um for the most part we don't. You know, so yeah, I, I but it's just crazy to me. It's just mind blowing to think about. Like, um, I mean, writing off 30 percent of your practice, it's like okay, we might have on a given day eighty appointments on the schedule. Twenty four people could just wipe off that, and we'd still get the same amount of money. I don't know if that's the right, right. math or what, but it's it's got to be something like right. that. Um, yeah, and, and that's what I told the team. I said, "Gosh, dude, if we didn't write off all this money, what else could we do? Can we go? Right. Can we go take a trip again? Because we used to take trips together." Now with like forty five employees, it's mm -hmm. it's. It, I mean, for me to take them somewhere, fly them, and put them in a hotel, and you know, eighty five, a hundred thousand dollars. Now we're talking about, yeah. you know, and so it's it's. We used to, these are things we used to do. We're doing a lot of local events still, but so much more mm -hmm. stuff we can do. I'm excited about it, but we'll we'll. Yeah. See. You, you'll have to have me back on in a year. You got it. And, 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 you know, I'll come back out of retirement. And again. then we'll have to like <laughs> we'll have to like split, split like this interview with that interview and be like, man, look. at so he's either going to be more happier or less happier. <laughs> and be like, eh, I, was, I guess it was happy. okay. I don't know. I guess it didn't work out like I thought. I think it's going to work out good. I'm just kidding. Do you know, I'm, I'm sure there are occasions where it doesn't work out. So I don't want to give false hope. Yeah. But I haven't spoken to somebody yet <laughs> yeah. who's dropped an uh, insurance plan, who's made a strategic plan to go have network and regretted it. Yeah. Um, usually it coincides with, if they're the sole provider in the office, it usually coincides with working less um, and earning more. Like, along the way. So it's, it's a kind of a win-win from the, you know, the practices point of view. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know, I, I think that there couldn't be a better time for you to do this cause you're, you've already hit capacity. And I think you would probably agree that along the way you've built a fee for service practice that was just in network with insurance. The whole I'd time. say, yeah, we, we're always very intentional in creating a great experience. Right. And, um, 
Yeah, and, and just saying certain things and, and doing things a certain way, just adding those little touch points that add that little magic, you know? Um, mm-hmm. Like, I, I just did a person, one of my solo podcasts, I recorded about just some little verbiages that we had, you know, just, yeah. just you know, and it, it's... It's like Chick Fil A saying "my pleasure," I'm, but it's not that. That's we don't say "my pleasure," but I have nothing wrong with them saying "my pleasure." They can say "my pleasure" if they want. <laughs> but it's just like little things, like um, it, it, we're gonna go mill the crown. Hey, you know what? Hey, the hard part's done. Everything mm-hmm. went great. I always say everything went great, mm-hmm. and, and I think that's a little touch with it. Oh man, everything went great. It, it, did it right. go great? I mean, I sure, guess sure. so. I mean, it was just like the last two. It's, it always goes the same. It went great. Good. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but I want to tell the patient, everything went great. And I'll say, hey, you're going to wait for a little bit. We're, we took the skin. We got to make, make a mill of the crown. It's probably going to take about 40 minutes. Can I get you a coffee or water? And they always yes. say no. They always say no. They're not going to have the doctor get you coffee or water. Maybe like one out of 20 will say that. And I'll look at my assistant. Hey, can you get your coffee? Mm-hmm. And um, that little thing. It's just a little yeah. touch point. It's just when they when they come in the front office and we, we, we say, hey, there's a coffee bar, there's some water, feel free to help yourself. If you need to use the washroom, it's right through that door. You just walk through and go use it. Like just letting them know what to do, offering to take their coats, offering to hang their purse up on the little hook when we put them in the operatory, mm-hmm. um, explaining what we're going to be doing, how long they're going to be there. Explaining three, uh, the hygienist will always say three things about the office. They'll always say, you know, hey, like, you know, we've been here for 11 years. We, we really pride ourselves on being one single dental home. I mean, they can say whatever they want. I just wanted to say three things about the office. Mm-hmm. Because I think there's something magical about um, expressing your story and expressing your brand to your, to your patients. And um, right. we could do the bare minimum. They could come in the front desk and they could fill out their forms. We could see them in the operatory. They could go through the procedure. They could check out and leave. Mm-hmm. Or they could do all those steps. That's the bare minimum. And we add all these little little nuggets of just like experience points, experience points, and 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 then and then it's just so good. Wow, that was a great appointment. I, I I left a good review. And then we call them the next day, and they're like, "My God, their their head explodes. This place is the greatest place ever." <laughs> you know. So it's it's. Yeah. I think we. I think I'd agree with that. I think we've been running a fee for service experience, but not not charging for it yet. Exactly right. And um, a few things about that. First of all. I learned so much through your first book about all the things you were just saying. If, if what Paul was just saying is of interest to you guys and you haven't read his um, or listened to an audiobook, um, I, I get nothing for plugging this, but I just wanted to, it's such a good resource for me. Uh, Dental Practice Hero, right? Is, is the name of the book. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. That, I'm looking at the second copy. From extraordinary, <laughs> shit, I should know my title. Ah. From extraordinary, from ordinary practice to extraordinary experience. That's what it is. Yeah. He, he covers a lot in that book that's all helpful from practice management but uh, what what really resonated with me also was you talk a lot about like being on brand mm-hmm. and offering experience that's on brand um i shared lots of key po- points from your book with my team um because I, I thought i couldn't have said it better myself you kind of summarize it very well and concisely like let me just share this with you guys um so I want to make listeners aware of that. that that's a good resource if you're looking to improve upon these things in your own practice. Uh, but also, Paul, for your sake, I think that you likely would have done this if you were a solo provider. You you would have hit capacity. Oh, we were very right there. Quickly. Yeah, we were right there before we brought an associate. That was that was the fork of the road. It was bringing yeah. an associate or drop insurance, and um, I was so burnt out. I, I didn't want to drop insurance. I wanted to like bring an associate and cut back. Mm-hmm. That was the the path I took. Yeah, and now you're at a really exciting. Uh, fork of the road as well. So, well, yeah. you know, we're, we're full now. So you have the, the freedom to say, well, we can keep doing what we're doing and, and coast, so to speak, but and, you were and, having these issues. And my daughter doesn't even think I work. 
which th- I was just talking <laughs> to my wife about this like yesterday. I'm like, why doesn't she think I work? Like, I'm she just see me in the basement recording, like, see me at the computer writing stuff. Like, I'm on the phone, like, coaching clients yeah. and stuff. She doesn't think I work. She's like, well, other parents work. I'm like, I do work. <laughs> I'm, I'm like I've just set things up. Like I want to be like I want to be like bring those other parents. Like let's 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 show their income tax statements. I'm like getting all defensive and shit. Like it's right. like like damn it, I work, girl. But uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, I'll show you someone who doesn't work. Yeah, I, I got some. I got some time. I got some uh, free time to do what I want. And um, and the kids are only going to be there for so long. So um, that's right. If I want to come back to work, I can. I don't think I. Right. I don't think I want to <laughs> as much to the capacity I was before. I guess. Right, and so I think. Uh, key distinguishing point in when I said earlier that you, you've had a fee for service all, practice all along that you've just been in network. You know, what I was trying to emphasize, um, of course, is, you know, I, I would say the, the key to being a, a fee for being able to have a fee for service practice is ha- delivering an experience, which patients will be willing to pay out of pocket for, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think I used my first purchased my fee-for-service practice in 2014 and didn't have a clue what I was doing. Um, you know, I was terrified that um, patients were going to leave and I didn't know how to bring in new patients. I was worried that every single patient, when they hear that we're out of network, was going to say, ah, I'll keep looking, thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly that's happened. Like if, if we were in network with every plan under the sun and we had infinite capacity, our pra- the practice, we could have, you know, probably eight times the number of patients within the practice by now. Mm-hmm. But we'd be spinning our wheels um, uh, with not getting reimbursed enough to even cover the profi on a lot of those plans. Mm-hmm. So the point is, I used to be fearful when that patient called and said, uh, do you take my insurance? That if we said no or anything other than yes, that um, they wouldn't want to come to us. But now we, we've built up the reputation and the experience such that people are, you know, that's secondary for most people. By the time they've called us, um, they, they understand the brand. They, they're looking specifically for the best care that they can find. Um, and, you know, for our target patient who, who's calling our office, if if we happen to have been insurance with their uh, a network with their insurance, great. But that's not the distinguishing factor. They're not just looking for someone who's on their plan. They want the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you've done that from the beginning. And now you're so full that you have the freedom to and the luxury to make this call in this transition. It's only going to uh, be better for you, for the practice, for your team, for the patients, I think all around. Um, and I, I would wager you're going to keep a lot of those, the, a lot of those patients um, that are now considered out of network will want to stay because if you delivered such good care or they'll leave and then come back and the ones that leave and don't come back, like didn't fully value or appreciate or just weren't financially able to swing it. And that's okay too. Yeah. Um, but um, I think they'll, those seats will get filled by people who do value and are able to afford it. Um, and things will keep growing. I, I don't think you got much to worry about in the, in the big picture. Um, yeah, I'm excited about it. And, and I feel like I'm hoping a lot of, I mean, I could probably name 10 patients right now that I just hope they just leave. Just go. Then <laughs> I think my team would agree. Like we talked about actually doing that at a Christmas party, like everybody writing down like three patients to, to dismiss. And if like they got written down like more than four or five times, like we're just going to get rid of them. But, but then we started talking about like, well, these, these they are the kind of people that will come back and do something to you. And I don't know. Maybe right? we should. But, uh, you know, it's what's cool is I think what you're mentioning, too, is that 
um, you guys know who you are. You know, you guys know who you are. And I think one of the hardest, and this is something I'm, I'm finding challenging with my team right now, is I need them to believe that we provide a product that's, we provide a service that's different from what they can get somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. I, I think that's, they're almost feeling, oh, well, yeah, you, you're out of network now, so now you got to pay more. You can go mm-hmm. somewhere else and go to an in-network place and you get it for cheaper. But it's like, can you really get that for cheaper? And um, and something I mentioned in my new book, and, and I don't know, I'm not sure if you got there yet because they said you just started reading it, but the right. um, one thing that I, I really brought to my team, and I think this would be helpful for the listeners to do, is I went and I brought, um, I, always, I always harp on the fact that like our patient experience is not one person. It's everybody. It's all those little touch points. It's, it's, it's if I see somebody calling somebody from the waiting room and they walk out there and they say their name and they stand there, I'm going to grab that person and say, hey, that's not how we do it. We meet in the middle. You call their name mm-hmm. and you walk towards them and then you walk back. And mm-hmm. just, just on the premise of that, if you see somebody you like at a party, you're coming towards each other. You don't like to mm-hmm. say you're a good friend. Oh my God, so good to see you. Get your ass over here. Come by me. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. meet in the middle. So like all these little things that we do provide this. And, and I don't think the patients could even put their finger on why it's such a great experience. It just feels good. But mm-hmm. I, I, I took some pictures of, um, of some of our patients and I went on their Facebook and I just Facebook stalked them. And I found this dude, he just went to a daddy daughter dance and, and I, mm-hmm. I showed a picture of him in a team meeting and said, Hey, who remembers this? And they're like, Oh my gosh, that's him. We love me so nice. I'm like, remember he said how long he put off doing his SRPs? Like how long he put off his perio because he was scared? They're like, yeah, like four or five years. I'm like, because we are so nice, because we provide such a great experience. We make the financing easy. We took great care of him. He got Mm -hmm. it done. They're like, yeah. And I'm like, what are the odds that he's going to be around to walk that little girl down the aisle? And everyone's just like, wow, wow. And then we talked about like this college girl. She was out at, uh, she's down at University of Illinois. She came back and got like a number three uh, MO. And I said, hey, what what if she didn't get that? Like, what if she was like kind of scared? What if it turned into an endo? What if like she didn't want to get the endo done? So then like now she's got rampant carries everywhere. And she's like, she's 20, 15 years later, she's got carries everywhere. She's like, I I need to fix my teeth. I'm not smiling. I don't want to leave the house. Uh, My breath smells. And we're like, okay, we need a full mouth rehab, gonna be forty thousand dollars. She's got she doesn't have it. So what if she gets edentulated? Now she's four years old, she's in a denture, she can't chew like vegetables, she's not getting proper nutrition. Is she gonna die earlier than somebody that has their own teeth? Their actual natural dentition that's functional? Yeah, probably. But where did it start? Mm-hmm. That stupid little MO that we just go, eh, it's just an MO. It's an MO, who cares? It's not a big deal. And so me kind of getting the team buy-in that everybody plays a, a, a role in this. And I know it's an MO on number three, and it seems like no big deal, but it is a big deal. It is a big deal, and dental health is a big deal. And all big dental problems that are obvious when we fix them, they're like, wow, what a difference we made. They all started as a single MO on number three. Well, not, not number three, but a single filling. Every dental problem started out small at some time. So our ability to provide an awesome experience is what allows us to help people and the fact that we're at capacity means we're doing a good job and people want what we're offering. So can you go down the street and get this? No, you cannot. But I have to I have to keep beating that drum because I think once my team believes it in their heart that it's true, and um, I always give the example that I do veneers and I use a really expensive lab. It's like $500 a unit. And I have to okay. charge you know $1,500, $1,600 a unit to do that. Mm-hmm. And I probably should be charging more. And um, I'll have people come in, they'll go, oh, man, I, I really want to do it with you. You seem like you know what you're doing, but 
gosh, could you do it for any cheaper? And I just look around the eye and say, absolutely not. I cannot. Mm -hmm. And I know you can go somewhere else in town. You can find it a lot cheaper, but I promise you it's not the same thing. Mm -hmm. And having that sort of confidence to say, this is who we are. This is what we provide. Like it or not, we're going to be nice to you. We're going to smile and we're going to understand if we're not the right office for you. But um, we are who we are. And I, I think that's what you're saying is like with your team. You guys got to a point where you're just like, this is who we are. And, and, mm -hmm. and when you have that level of confidence, people want that. People want yeah. what they can't have. Like, oh, man, <laughs> try, to, try to get you to come down on price, and you're like, nope. And they're like, yeah. I want it more now. It's, it must be really good. You know, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, I think that that's a good thing for everyone to do with their team. Just find some pictures and just you, you got to get everybody on board. That Because when I did that meeting with my team, I had two girls from the front text me, and they said, I can't stop thinking about it. I never thought I made a difference. Because wow. they do. It's the way they answer the phone. It's the way they present the finances. It's the way they work through objections with the patient and, and, and try to come up with a way that works for their, within their budget. It's, it's all that stuff. Everybody plays a part in that. And every little thing, and, and I take some heat from this, I say from the ply of your toilet paper, that matters. And I actually posted on my Instagram because I had one of my, uh, somebody that was on my podcast said, dude, somebody just left us a review commenting on our toilet paper. And I'm like, see, I'm like, it does, it matters, man. All that stuff, you know? So, yeah. So, um, it does. I it as a rant, but, but yeah. So. No, that was perfect. Um, you know, and I think I would encourage our listeners to do the same. When you were talking about that gentleman who you helped and how he's now going to be likely be around longer, uh, for his family, like I had a couple of patients come to my mind and I'm thinking, man, I missed an opportunity mm -hmm. to really emphasize that with the team, but it's not too late. No, you know, it's not too late. Team meeting. I can show the pictures and. I know the whole team played a role in, in getting this one I'm thinking of right now, the gentleman comfortable and getting this care, cared on. Um, it's, we don't stop to fully appreciate enough, I think, what we're doing. We're just on to the next patient and on to the next thing. And what's the next headache I got to fire I got to put out? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, well, it's the but, small yeah. stuff, too. It's, it's, it's easy to see when we do a full mouth makeover. Mm -hmm. Oh, I couldn't smile. Now I can. I'm so happy. Cool. We made a difference. Well, what about the little stuff? Right. What about the 98% of the stuff we do day to day? That makes a difference. Exactly. Too. And I, I think, again, full circle to the whole scenario that we're in with um, retaining employees, team members, like money's good. You got to be able to offer enough money, but workplace satisfaction, I mean, be feeling appreciated and valued as you make a difference. I think that's a key component to like, if they don't have that, that that's one of the things that's going to help you know, people will continue looking for another place to work. But if we can, we need to make sure we're not just offering competitive pay, but that we're offering that experience for the team as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Give them um, the purpose. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I stink at that. I, I'm, <laughs> so I appreciate that reminder. Like I want everyone to feel the warm fuzzies because they do bust their butts and they do make a difference, but I just stink at acknowledging it and yeah. for myself even taking a moment to acknowledge that I'm also making a difference for people. Yeah. Um, I, I, until it slaps me across the face sometimes. I give a lot of compliments and sometimes my team is like, yeah, like, like, oh man, hey, that way you were on the phone, that was so good. And they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, good, okay, thanks. And I probably yeah. walk out and they're just like, he's so weird. Why is he so weird? <laughs> but I, I have to think that like, I'd rather just say it and it, it's become the norm yeah. for me. To, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to notice little things, you know, I want to... Um, I want to, and I, I do it less now because I'm not there as much, but um, mm -hmm. I think that's been a big part of our culture is noticing those little things and, 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 and setting a standard for the little things too. You know, it's, it's, it's a lot of auditing. It's listening to phone calls and, and everybody getting better and, and 
I, I don't want to keep coming back to things in my book, but this is, my book is essentially my vision, what I believe a, a practice should run like. Um, a lot of people, I think as leaders, we, we're so stuck on being right and we're so stuck on being defensive and um, not hearing criticism and not hearing when things aren't going great that we create this environment where our team is afraid to tell us when things go, things go wrong. And um, I am always big, like uh, my, my thing that I say, and they probably all go out to the bar and they drink and, the, and then they imitate me saying it. But I always say grace over guilt. They're probably like, oh, yeah, grace over guilt. <laughs> you know, like making fun of me. But it, maybe they're not. Maybe this is just my insecurity. But I, I could see them like being like, because I say it so damn much, um, right. is that uh, I want to know about things that screw up and I don't want anyone to feel guilty about them. We're all here to be better and we're all here to get better. And the only way we get better is by learning from our mistakes. And um, I think a lot of us as leaders, that's the big part that we fail in the leadership department is that we just don't, someone will, something will happen and we're looking for a finger to point rather than mm -hmm. to who did it. It's like, hey, why did this happen? What can we create as a team? What's a new system we can come up with? How do we make sure this never happens again? What do you girls, th what do you girls, guys think? Whatever, I don't want right. to, most of my team is girls. Um, nearly all of them are. We have one guy. Yeah. It's me. Oh no, we have no. We have, <laughs> Steve, we have two. We have two. So, Some days, so what, what, two. what? What do you people think? What? What do you? <laughs> what do you guys think? Um, yeah, and come up with something because it doesn't matter who happened, man. I, I screw some things up, man. I screw it up all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, we all do it. It's it's all good. It doesn't matter, right? You know, let's no, let's it's important. Let's learn from it. Do what we do our best, and sometimes it doesn't work out, and that's okay. We'll we'll learn from it. As long as we learn from it, we're getting better. Exactly right. So, um, I read your first book and listened to the pot, the um, audiobook a couple of times. Yeah, sorry about that um, audiobook. That was a that wasn't a very good reader. No, I thought you did great. No, it was the, it was the, it was the guy. He read it really fast, like a robot. And then, then I thought he did great. He, I don't okay, know. I, I have stuff on um, okay, okay. Like one point five speed all the time. Oh wow. So, okay. Did you get bad feedback? Yes. Oh really? I got a lot of it. People are like, "You should have read it." I'm like, "I tried. It was hard. I didn't want to do it anymore." <laughs> but I had so many people say I should have read it. I read the second one, and it was hard. I'm glad well, it's over. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to the second <laughs> one even more. Then, so the first book kind of emphasizes a lot on just general. You you can um, correct me, but from my recollection, I, I haven't looked at it or listened to it over over a year. So <laughs> go off memory. But a lot of good principles of of how to manage a practice, how to build team culture, um, how to get the team to be on brand, and a lot of I remember a lot of good analogies of. Just, um, you know, how, how to make sure you're delivering that high quality, uh, consistent experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, all the things that I, I didn't have the words to express to my team. But I was like, yes, yes, and yes. Mm -hmm. um, and now the second book is called Dental Practice Hero 2, the sequel. How, how to, I'm, I'm reading it in front of me, yeah. right, the title of it. I happened to have it on the desk. This was not planned, but I showed Paul before we started recording. I'm like, look, I got it right here. Um, how a three-day work week can give you the life you want. So do you want to tell the listeners a little bit more about what is in this book? Yeah, yeah. So I'll say like what what it was about was as is I got to a burnout point, I got to a capacity point, I brought on an associate. It wasn't my original intention of practice I wanted to go to. My original intention was let's go fee for service. Like let's let's charge high dollar for let's provide a great product. Let's do really excellent dentistry and I want to do like just the best stuff ever and high, high tech. And once I got to a point where I was at capacity, I was kind of burnt out. And I'm like, man, I think I just need help. I think I need some help here. I need another dentist. 
And that was like scary relinquishing that control and having someone else in there that was seeing my patients that was not me. And but what I noticed because I went down from four days to three days is that the practice really grew and my income really grew and my quality of life really grew because I was taking off way more time and I was handling less. And so the, the whole premise of the book is that we, we spend so much time doing dentistry that we don't focus on our business. I know that sounds cliche and a lot of people say that, but we, we got to a point and I, I talk about this in the book because I wrote this book during COVID. Um, I, I was looking at, okay, like if I was an associate and I paid myself 30% of production, mm-hmm. how much of my take home last year was because I was doing dentistry? And it was like 15%. And then 85% of my take home was just because I was, I was an owner of a practice. So, but yet when my time at the practice, 90% of it was spent doing dentistry. So where am I more valuable? Am I more valuable seeing patients or am I more valuable working with my associates, working with my hygienist, coming up with systems, sitting at the front desk, talking with them, auditing phone calls. Um, A lot of the stuff I'm mentioning, I, I actually don't even do anymore because my leads do it, but I'm more valuable as a leader, as as someone getting people to collaborate um, and and just being a quality control person. And that's what the book's about. I mean, the first half of the book is it's very much like my first book. If you had to pick one and you're like, I don't know if I like this guy, I'd say get the second book. I like my second book a lot better. It comes from a different place of experience. And, um, Mm. you know, know, four and a half. How long? I mean, we've been podcasting like five years yet. Yeah, I think I think we have. Because I, I started right, well, we started right around the same. Well, okay, well, you know, I took a break, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you've been going strong. We, we, we started about the same time, and um, it just comes from a different point of um, interviewing people for five years, and and you just learn so much, and you implement much more, and and I have so much more experience, so it comes from that place. But the first half of the book is the leadership stuff: what to instill in yourself, what to instill in your team. And then the second half of the book is a lot of more of the nuts and bolts. And I break it down into, I try to make things simple because this is the way my brain works is that, you know, I say there's only six things we got to do at the practice. We got to increase four things. We've got to decrease two of them. We've got to increase new patients. We got to increase the dollar spend per patient. We've got to increase our collection percentage. And we've got to increase just our scheduling and clinical efficiency, essentially how fast we move through the day. And then the two things we've got to decrease is this our, the lost patients or who we attrition or, or trite, I think would be the proper verb. Um, we got to decrease those and we got to decrease our write-offs. And that's it. There's your dental office, man. That's it. But the thing is, is that if you had to, if you said, I'm only going to focus on the back end of the book and skip the front end, the front mm-hmm. end's more important. The, le- ah, the leadership, the team stuff's more important because – you can know what to do, the, all the logistics of the mechanics of how to do this. Here's the system. Here's that because I give it like the best systems that I think are the biggest ones. Um, but if you can't do the team stuff, the team is what's going get to get it done. And um, I don't think it's that hard to – I don't want to say it's not hard to run a team. But what I'm, what I'm trying to say is that I, I think if someone read that book, they would go, oh, okay, okay, I see. Like I, I, it's, it's hard, mm-hmm. but it's not. Um, mm-hmm. it's just doing things a certain way and, and being an authentic, genuine person that cares about people and cares about your people. And, and I think at our very core, all of us, and, uh, you know, that's even like one thing I talk about is, is I talk about knowing and valuing your people. And one thing I noticed as our practice grew was that 
when I didn't have the relationship, we started hiring. Okay. I, I stopped hiring people. Like my team started hiring them, and I just walk in and I'm like, oh, there's someone new. Hi, I'm I'm Paul Etchison. Like, you know, they call me Paul, but in front of patients, call me Doctor Etchison. Um, and and I would just meet them after they were already hired and on payroll. And um, there was a, we, we grew a lot, and there was a lot of people I just didn't know that well. I didn't know if they were married. I didn't know if they had kids. I didn't know the kids' names. And then I would get to a point where I'd see them doing something I didn't like, and I'd go to talk to them about it, and it was this really awkward, like, oh, he's really coming down on me. And I'm just like, no, this is cool. Like, grace over guilt. Like, you know, we're, just, we're learning. Mm-hmm. It's all right. And without that relationship, it became very hard to coach my team. Right. And yeah. so where I was, Mr. Busy had all this big, important stuff to do, um, like the like the big blue truck. Do you know what I'm talking? Do you know that reference? The big blue truck? No. Okay. It's a kid's book. It's a kid's <laughs> book. I hope somebody knows the, the big blue truck. He's got all this important stuff to do. I know little blue truck. Oh, is, is that the book? Yeah. The little blue truck. Isn't there a big, I mean, the big truck's got to get stuck in the mud, right? Oh yeah. And, I know. I know okay. See, so you did know. Okay. Sorry. I just said the wrong yeah, book. The, all right. There's a big yellow truck. Yeah. Big yellow truck. Man. Big, he's up, busy, yeah, he's important big. things to do. So that was, that was me like, you know, <laughs> running around and so important that I couldn't take time to say, Hey, how was your weekend? What'd you do last weekend? You know? So How's things going with this? What's up with the kids? How's baseball? You know, um, that stuff matters. You know, and it, that's valuable time for me, and and um, that's that's what I'm focusing on now. And that's that's fun because it's easy. You can't do it wrong. You know, you, mm-hmm. the, the, I'm not going to have a conversation about someone's weekend with the front desk, and they're going to call me next week with post-op symptoms about it. You know, it's it's like. It's mm-hmm. so uh, th- that's in the first part of the book. That second part, half half the book is just going through all of those um, six things: the four you increase and the two that you decrease. And then towards the end, it talks about implementing leads and how to make that switch to three days. And um, yeah, like right now, I, my my days are five and a half hour long, and I do six of them a month. Sometimes I only do four, and it's all ortho band and bracket mm-hmm. on kids, and kids are awesome. Because I walk in the room and I say, hey, how's it going? And they go, good. And then occasionally one goes, good, how are you? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're so polite. I'm great. And that's, that's the extent <laughs> of the conversation. I don't, I don't check hygiene anymore. I don't see new patients unless they need big cosmetic stuff. And, um, yeah. and I'm practicing the way I want. And I can do that because yeah. I have now it comes with the big team. And it comes with a lot of headaches with it, too. But I wouldn't do it any other way. This is not what I intended to set out to do when I started. But I'm mm-hmm. very happy with where I'm at right now, and 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 I, I my contract's up with MB2 in uh, December, so eight months from now, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm gonna be doing this long term as a partner with MB2, and I like it this way. It's fun. It's a fulfilling part yeah. of my life. So that that's that's what the book's about. That's awesome. Um, quick uh, tactical question. So you've got. How many dentists do you have working? How many hygienists or chairs of hygiene? So we've got... I'm just curious. We've got six chairs of hygiene. So we've got 11 total chairs. we got five hygiene chairs, five operative chairs, and one that goes either way. Um, mm-hmm. and, and just because we have... The reason it's a hygiene or it's not is the way the room's set up, and it's also the way we have a piezo, you know, uh, for the scaler. Mm-hmm. Um, we have myself, who's very part-time... Last year I produced three hundred eighty thousand dollars, so it's I have nothing mm-hmm. to brag about there. Um, and then we have three full time GPs. We have a periodontist that's essentially he comes in two days a month, two full days a month, and he'll do just surgeries, implants, all in fours. We have a uh, another GP that comes and does IV sedation two or three times a month and just pulls out whizzies on kids all day. Um, and then we have an endodontist there that's there two days each month as well. 
Okay. So, yeah, lots of people. I mean, and then hygienists, uh, 11, 12, maybe? There's yeah. a lot of them. I've got lots of questions I'll have to pick your brain on yeah. another time because I can't let this run too long. But and, and they're selfish questions because <laughs> I also have 11 chairs and, you know, we our, our collections are – we have four general dentists, including myself. Yeah. And I think we collected uh, – I have it in front of me. What was it? Uh, 3.3 last nice. year. So about about half what you guys did. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> and, and we're not at capacity yet, but I'm like, I'm looking at maybe Brown a fifth dentist. I'm like, hold on. Paul's doing twice <laughs> with half <laughs> with half the number of general dentists. Well, have you ever heard so. of those groups? Um, they get you patients, Delta? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Yeah, right, right. No, <laughs> Maybe I should. <laughs> uh, you know what? We should do a screen share, and I'll, 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 I'll show you my hobby schedule and how what it looks like and stuff. It's easier to explain that way. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, so... But you, you, those are your collections, right? That's not your production. So that's after right now. No, our, our collection's right? getting close. We're, we're going to probably do six this year. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Um, so I'll ask myself his questions to you another time. But I, I did, while you were talking, I pulled this up. I'm going to show you. He, he can see we're doing a screen share or a video call. Yeah. So this is an audible. Yeah. So this is your audio book. Is it? Yeah. An audible. It's me. And I'm scrolling down to the part where it says bye. Yeah. I want you to see yeah. it. I clicked it. Oh man! Oh, I can't see him. Let's see. Am I get a notification? <laughs> Let's see. Oh man! I just. What does it say? Success. You. All right. I just. I just purchased your audiobook in Audible. Dude, I just made a dollar twenty. Thank you, bro. <laughs> You you owe me. No. Yeah, yeah, boy. No, yeah, yeah. yeah no. I'm I'm super excited to read this. Oh, I thanks, was man. embarrassed that I didn't know that you had already released the audio version. I was kind of waiting on that. Yeah, no. Because I just run through stuff in audio. It takes me forever to get through hard copies, but now I've got a copy of each. Yeah. Um, and I hope it helps somebody. I hope that the people, the people out there, the good people, mm -hmm. um, if they haven't already read or listened to the, to it, um, check it out because I, I learned a lot and just like, I don't, I, again, I should use audible. I don't know how much it costs if you don't have audible, but where, where, where can you get it? Where can you get the, uh, book the it's, I think it's only on audible. I think, I think we, okay. when you say you do an audible exclusive, you get more than a dollar 20 per, per thing. It's not a lot. Gotcha. People would be crazy. You would be blown away how much money Amazon takes of the, of the yeah. you know, it's like, I don't think you can make money being an author, but, but that's not why I did it. I didn't do it to make money. You know, right. I did it more of a personal thing. And, and I was, I was, uh, I tore my ACL and I was sitting on my, I was doing nothing for a good five weeks and, and COVID happened. And, 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 in yeah. contrast to your experience with COVID, I loved being home. I loved it. Loved uh, everyone. We were sleeping until 3 p.m. We were going to bed at 6 a.m. <laughs> I should have just been home. I was like at making myself still going into the nervous into the office with this nervous energy. Yeah. We had just built our new office, so I was yeah. Just like, well, you probably had stuff I to do. do. Something. Yeah, I, just, I remember yeah, really I seeing my first patient after everything broke, and she came in and she opened her mouth, and I looked like looked at. It. I was like, oh, like there's virus. <laughs> It's so close to the right. virus. It's going to get me. Um, yeah, I, I, I was only in one day a week. and But, man, we, we, uh, we became experts at puzzles and uh, board games. And, dang, dude, I, I just, I, me and my wife always talk about it. We just loved it. We loved every moment of being home for 11 weeks. It was the greatest thing ever. And that was what kind of brought me to come back and be like, you know what, maybe I need to do something with the practice. And that's maybe I need to sell yeah. some equity because it was very uh, apparent to me as little as I did at the practice at that time. Wow. When it really mm -hmm. went away, I was like, okay, wow. 
I actually do do a lot. It's a lot. Of, it's a big emotional burden mm-hmm. on me. So, right. so another tangent. For sure. But, um, here's what I'm thinking. So I'm going to probably tear through this audiobook. I don't know when the next time I'll be recording a podcast episode again <laughs> it would be. Hopefully soon. I'm not, uh, for our listeners, I'm not going away forever. I just <laughs> keep telling myself, like, one more month. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been my story for the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> um, right. But there's always been, like, you know, the urgent, important things that don't go, you know, that that keep piling on the to-do list. Mm-hmm. And I just I have to prioritize. But I will I will be coming back. And uh, Sonny, Dr. Sonny Spera and I have been having conversations about hosting a um, fee-for-service summit. Oh, yeah, you're going to do it. I love it. Yes. Dude, yes. awesome. So not disappearing completely. But, Paul, I would absolutely love to have you back mm-hmm. uh, in the future. Um, are, you're in our fee for service industry Facebook group, I believe right? so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm on and off yeah. with Facebook. Sometimes I'm on it like crazy, and then other times I'm just off. So, yeah, I'm in it. Right on. Um, if people had questions, could they could we start a yeah. thread there or something? Yeah, questions there would be good. Uh, if anyone wants to or, talk about MB2, please okay. feel free to reach out to me. Um, Facebook yeah. Messenger is fine. You know, that's, that's an easy way to find me. Cool. My website is dentalpracticeheroes.com. Um, and my email is dentalpracticeheroes at gmail.com. So any yeah. way it works, you can get a hold of me through the website or through email or messenger. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think that we explicitly said this. I think I just introduced you, assuming everyone would knew you as well as I do. No. Uh, but Paul has his own podcast, the Dental Practice Hero, Heroes Podcast. Mm. Um, so check that out if you haven't already. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. So. It's just as tangential as, as yours and mine right now. <laughs> which is awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's the best way to do it i like it it's fun all right well i i think i've monopolized your time enough i, I don't feel like we hardly scratched the surface because i have lots more questions for you but i do appreciate you coming on the show and giving us your time today yeah dude thanks so much for having me and uh i look forward to when we can do it again absolutely thanks paul thanks for listening to the fee for service dentist podcast if you would like to share your fee for service story please fill out our contact form at ffsdentistry.com Also, be sure to join our fee-for-service dentistry Facebook group. For help starting your dental membership plan, visit dentalmembershipdirect.com and membershipmastercourse.com. Finally, for help with in-house financing, visit dentalfinancingdirect.com. And don't forget, your story is what you make of it. This is your name on the door and your reputation on the line. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time.